The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to Cast a Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, none other than Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? Nothing much, Don. Glad to be back. Glad that you're back. Hope you had a great WrestleMania weekend up in New York, taking in shows from Stardom, NXT, and of course, the MSG Supercard, New Japan, and ROH, their joint promotional show so without further ado we'll let everybody know that you can find cast a strong style on the cspn cspn can be found on the web at cspn.us so anwar let's talk about your travels to new york how was the ride up how was your you know the event surrounding uh the event did you did you go hang out with the bullet club at their little party who'd you see as far as walking around the city um it was just anticipation just building up for like the the trip but even before i left for like like new york i was just really ridiculous because i went to raw on monday and i saw revival versus alistair and um ricochet which was awesome uh, i saw the 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 the, the great the, the, the like legendary segment between charlotte and um Becky and Rhonda with the police. <laughs> the match that, that they were in before it was garbage, but that that brawl was one of the best things WWE's done, like segment wise on TV in many many years. So that was awesome. Then on Tuesday, I was I went to see Muse. That was great. I was in a suite, so that made it even more fun. And on Thursday, I was just kind of winding down, ready to go, but I I snuck in on just. I saw Shazam. Shazam was pretty good. Really like, really warm hearted. Um, and then as far as my trip, I was I was packed and ready to go, and I jumped on my train and just enjoyed my train rides from DC to like um New York, and it was really fun to actually. I, I think I've been on a train when I was younger. I just don't remember it, but just to have that experience to be able to travel through train now, I know how it is, and. I could definitely see myself going on the train and visiting like other like like friends and stuff via train or even going to shows in um maybe further down south and whatnot. You know, even sometimes visiting Philadelphia because they have shows I like. So every once in a while I'd be I might be down for it, but I got I got to my hotel and I just had to wait a bit to like check in or whatnot because I guess the people the previous people took a while to check in and that kinda threw me off. Like Cause I really just wanted to come to New York and just crash a little bit because I was kind of tired. But I, that 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 kind of played into my kind of exhausted <laughs> like for that night. So, but yeah, man, it was it was a beautiful like I came in when it was raining, but then I I left when it was sunshine. So like the sunshine was beautiful Saturday, man. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. So we'll get into the event on Saturday. Like I said, this is the G1 Supercard from MSG, ROH, and New Japan Joint Promotional 
event, biggest thing going on on Saturday night in the city. So we're going to start with the pre-show, and that had the 30 man on a rumble, and the winner gets an ROH title shot. Kenny King, who requested to be number one, was in the ring, and he was waiting on who was going to be number two, and it was none other than the king, Minoru Suzuki. Yes. Singing. Harry, you need to sing even if the like the version that they play wasn't the, the proper version. It still meant a lot to have Suzuki be there and for us to sing Kazanari. <laughs> Man, that was such a great moment. It's just Suzuki is so awesome. I'm, I'm so mad that he didn't have a bigger part of the show, and he's deserving of it. Suzuki's is great. Yeah, they had a totally different version of uh, something on the New Japan streaming version, the English version of it anyway, so totally mm-hmm. couldn't get the moment, but we could definitely see y'all were building up to it, and we got to hear the loud uh, Kazunirai A uh, chant at the end, but I know that was what you were looking forward to the most, so it was awesome that it happened like right off the bat for you. I was so thankful that I actually got to an event on time and it did not miss that. Like, because that would have sucked if I would have missed that. Like, literally would have sucked. So some of the legends in here are, of course, uh, Juice and Thunder Liger. Haku makes an appearance. But the biggest surprise is number 30 is none other than the Great Muda. People lost their goddamn minds when Muda came out. We lost our minds for Liger, too, because we know this is the last time a lot of us will be seeing Liger in the States. So it meant, it meant a lot. But us getting Muda? Nobody saw that shit coming. And, and then when it was just those two, Liger and Muda, at the end, I was like, ah! This is this is this is holy grail situation right here, and this is just the freaking rumble. Yeah, man, seeing Muda man was awesome. I think that's the first time since like 1990 that he's wrestled in the United States. Really? Yeah, he wrestled. I don't think he's wrestled in the U.S. Uh, I can't remember a time where he's wrestled. In the we gotta, US. We're going to have to research that Maybe one. Maybe some yeah. independent, but I know that when he left WCW in 89, he might have came back like maybe one time in the early 90s, but that's it. I think he might have came back in the late 90s because he was part of that NWO Japan. But yeah, it was awesome, man, just to see him come out and everybody just react to it. It was awesome. So as you uh, alluded to, it comes down to the kingdom, the Great Muda, and Juice and Thunder Liger are left. Uh, Juice and Thunder Liger and Great Muda, they eliminate the kingdom. So now we're down to Juice and Thunder Liger and the Great Muda. Liger hits the Shote, but the Great Muda hits a dragon screw and a flashing elbow. That's mm-hmm. when Kenny King sneaks back in and eliminates both legends because he was hiding under the ring. He never got tossed out. Uh, he wins the uh, Honor Rumble. He gets the future title match. And then after the match, he eats the mist from the Great Muda. He got his he got his just desserts at the end. I want to tell you, I was pissed. I was like, man, I could have let Muda fucking like get that. But 
Noah Ryger, how he is, he don't give a fuck about winning no more. He just care about like doing a good performance and helping the next generation get over. So I know if they would have tried to make him win, he probably like nah. And Muda was just the last probably last second entry, so he's like he wasn't going to be tripping off that. So you give it to the person that's with your company, I get it, but whatever, Kenny King. Yeah, so Kenny King back in the mix. He'll get a future title shot coming up at some point this summer or later this year in ROH. So we move into the main show and our first match, Jeff Cobb versus Will Ospreay as the IWGP Never title is going up against the ROH TV title in a winner-takes-all match. Ospreay, he looks for the Stormbreaker. Jeff Cobb counters out. And he goes to the ropes only to eat the cheeky Nando's kick. Osprey heads up top and Jeff Cobb hits a headbutt. And then he gives Osprey a super tour of the islands off the ropes. Cobb hits a second tour of the island and he pins Will Osprey. And he is now, as well as the ROH television champion, he is also the IWGP never openweight champion as well. It was an awesome like I can be saying awesome, but it was an excellent um, opening main event. Like I have no complaints about it. It set the pace and set the tone for the night. Now, granted, a lot of people didn't live up to that set pace and tone, but we'll get to that. Great match, great match, and Osprey really doesn't lose nothing by dropping this title. It was just a title to get him more further up the card and get more experience versus heavyweights to show that he has has more of of a future ahead of him in another division or whatnot. And just like how I kept saying, they they keep referring to him as junior heavyweight. They did it again on the Dan, Dan Telecast. So um, I'm just going to assume he's going to be invested super juniors at this point. Now the real question is, will he be in also G1 Climax? That's what I'm trying to figure out. And I think, I think I think they did that too because they didn't know like how fast Harum will come back and having Osprey as a secondary like dude in that division definitely helps ticket sales and whatnot. So I get why they had to do that that way, but it's just like I was suspicious of that all along. But yeah, man, Cobb is an awesome wrestler, and they just they killed it. And Cobb needed him victory more, and it helps establish him, establish him in like in Japan even better. Now he's just gonna have to pull out a really good match out of our boy, Lord, Holy Lord Emperor Taichi. We'll see. Don't you be discouraging the good dog on name of Taichi on this podcast, man. Man, I fuck with Taichi now, but he's gonna rise to the occasion. I'm hoping he does. I, I used to feel disrespected not being on that card. Uh, this was an awesome opener. Will Osprey was jacked up to the max to start off this show. He was really pumped up. The pace, like you said, the pace they set was really fast, and the crowd was really into everything. And Jeff Cobb uh, avenges the tag team loss that he took when they, uh, you know, back here when they were doing the tag team matches when uh, Osprey and Ishii teamed up. Yep, that was an awesome match, yep. Our second matchup of the night, we had Roosh matching up against Dalton Castle. Roosh hits the running drop kick, the bullhorns, and another running drop kick, 
and Dalton Castle is done. After the match, a dejected Dalton Castle attacks the boys and lays them out. Man, I was thinking about going to the bathroom break because I really didn't want to watch this match, but I've never seen Rouge wrestle up close and people know I rep that in Gunabale, so I gotta show love to a member, the original member from the original brand of the group. So I sat and all of a sudden it was it was on and then it was over and I was like I was in total fucking shock at how bad he washed washed the hell out of Dalton Castle. But sometimes those things are good for helping develop a person that you have big plans for. And hopefully it all comes to fruition with him. But yeah, man. And it also like fueled like Dalton losing his mind and saying, you know what? What we doing here ain't working, so I gotta get rid of y'all guys. So he'll turn here I come. Yeah, man, Roos washed him. Yeah, it was definitely shocking because I was expecting we might get, you know, a good match, at least a good 10, 8-minute match. And then the next thing you know, it was like four moves and the bell's ringing again. Like, man. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what the new Dalton Castle is like, the heel turn Dalton Castle. We'll see the the new mean streak, you know, come back out again. What did you think of the entrance with the peacock and everything? It was pretty cool, man. I I'd never seen like um Rouge's like interest in a serious match before. And he did the thing that they do as a group. He put on the suit. When when they put on the suit, that's for like big matches. And he, he had the suit on. So that's another way they had you thinking, Oh, this is gonna be like a kinda long match. But yeah, man. That was that was a great con overall. <laughs> We go backstage. There's been a melee, and Juice Robinson has been laid out. I was like, I was hoping that was my like, my hope. Like, oh, Juice is out. Maybe that Suzuki taking his spot. But yeah. Our next matchup is for the Women of Honor Heavyweight Title match, as we had Mayu Atwane versus Kelly Klein. Kelly hits the K Power twice. And Kelly Klein gets the win, and she is the new Women of Honor champion. Oh, brother, this was the start of the downfall of this show for me. <laughs> this was just a solid match, but like I said on the on the on our other podcast, that only people who down with the Patreon are gonna get. If you ain't down with the Patreon, you fucking up. Do 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 the do the damn thing. But um. Once you see a certain level of high quality, it is hard for me to go back down. And that same young lady she was in the ring with, representing stardom, she really, nah, man. It's, just, it's not up to the level of, I know, she, she she's, like, Klein, no disrespect, is not on, on her level. Like, and, and it showed within the match. Maybe she gets there someday. I don't know, but it was what it was. It was okay match, and then they did the return of the beautiful people in 2019. In ROH, in 2019 is that is a thing. Angelina, Angelina Love and Velvet Scott arrive. They get in the ring. They're talking trash to Kelly Klein. Then Mandy Leon she joins in. And they jump Kelly Klein and they lay her out. 
And they also lay out Jenny Rose and Stella Gray as they came down to try to help Kelly. So this is a, the new faction forming in ROH in the women's division. Anarchy. That's the name of it. That's why they put the A on Kelly's head. Ah, got you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you feel about uh, this little... Uh, I know how you feel about the beautiful people in 2019, but what about Mandy Leon? I like Mandy Leon, but, I mean, if you're really trying to do something with your division, with your women's division, you can do better. You can really do better. Because AEW is going to blow them out the water with their women's division. Did you just see who they got as a freelancer? And they just got her? Come on, man. Ring, ring on. And you got that connection with stardom and you're not using it to the best perfection. Honestly, I would... Let me, let me be quiet. Go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead and tell me how you feel about this match. Uh, yeah, this definitely was the match where you could tell that nobody was really interested in it until the angle at the end. But the actual match itself, yeah, you guys were checked out on this for sure. Very much checked out on it because their division, they, they don't put enough work into it. I mean, I mean, that's what it is. We get a Mega Ram performance. He was the artist who came up with the theme song for this year's event. And that's when Bully Ray interrupts the performance. Mega Ram begs off, and Bully Ray says the fans want him to kick his ass, and so Bully Ray attacks him. Well, that brings out the start of the New York street fight. So it's going to be Bully Ray, Cyrus Young, and Shane Taylor against, supposed to be uh, Lifeblood, but of course we just saw Juice Robinson get laid out in the back. So Juice has been pulled from the match due to being attacked, and that's when flip, 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 Gordon makes his return, just as you had told us he would. So they're all beating down Flip Gordon, and that's when Lifeblood's music hits, and Juice Robinson and Mark Haskins arrive, and now we have an official six-man match, as it's Bully Ray, Savage Young, and Shane Taylor versus Flip Gordon, Mark Haskins, and Juice Robinson. Mark Haskins does the what's up headbutt on Bully Ray. Juice Robinson hits the spine buster and Flip Gordon hits the 450. And Flip Gordon, Mark Haskins, and Juice Robinson, they get to win. I do. This ain't it, Chief. <laughs> this is not it, Chief. I just... I was laughing at that Mega Ran stuff because he's supposed to be the face, but... But the people didn't want no parts of that shit. And Bully's supposed to be the hill, but he wasn't facing in that situation. That shit was all upside down. Like we in Stranger Things and upside down. But yeah, man, that's just like after like a after that opening part, I just totally checked out and then just stopped fucking around on the internet and talking with my friends in the in a in a messenger. Cause this is like this ain't for me. No disrespect to the people involved, because as you heard, some of the people was really feeling it, but that ain't for me. Uh-uh. Nope. Something that I know you were feeling. Taiji Ishimori versus Dragon Lee versus Bandito for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Bandito hits a cradle driver, but Dragon Lee cuts him off with the reverse Hurricane Rana. 
We get a knee to Ishimori, which dumps him to the outside. Dragon Lee hits Desnukadora, easy for me to say, and pins <laughs> Bandino. I've been working on that all week and still screwed it up. But uh, yeah, so Dragon Lee is your new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, and that just makes me believe that uh, Hiromu's comeback is right around the corner. Hmm, we don't know. I don't know about that. When Horum was coming back, so I, you might think that, but it might be a while longer. So I was kind of surprised that the title changed, but even with the title change, Ishimori could potentially become a tag partner with Robbie Eagles, and then they cause a lot of damage in that tag division because they need bodies in that division. So. That's a potential tag team right there in itself. They got Fetismo coming through for like like some. So man, I felt like after watching this match, this match was awesome. It was a like laxative after after eating a really garbage meal that was a previous match. No disrespect, no shade, but it is what it is. That's how I feel. Um and after this match, I definitely felt great about the best of Super Juniors and the potential of that tournament. Because I was kind of being down on it. Because I was like, man, all the really cool people are gone now. And what are we going to have? Will's not even a real junior heavyweight. He might not be in there. So it's like, man, I don't know about this tournament. But no, nah, man, I'm I'm getting hyped for best of Super Juniors, dude. So yeah, this, this match was awesome. And what we needed after previous match next up tag team action as the gorillas of destiny faced off against pco and brody king and the versus the briscoes versus sonata and evil as we had the roh and iwgp tag team titles both on the line the gorillas of destiny they powerbomb pco from the apron straight to the mat we get a gun stun on brody king Gorillas of Destiny, they look for the super bomb and they hit it and they pin Brody King and the Gorillas of Destiny are double tag team champions. Um, Good on G.O.D. Um, Villain Industry represented himself really well. Briscoe's did their part. I, I vaguely remember Evil and Sonata doing some cool stuff in it, but not too much. <laughs> But yeah, it was a good match. It was a good match, man. Little Industries, it was it was killing themselves. P- PCO and Brody King was just laying it all on the line, and it was an awesome match. And the Sons of Haku represented again. After the match, Yano he comes out and he's stolen the IWGP Tag Team Titles. So. That causes a mini distraction. And then Enzo and Cass, they jump the rail only to get beat down by Bully Ray and the Briscoes. So you're going to have to talk about this uh, from your perspective because it kind of cut away from this on the broadcast. Kind of like, oh, no, this isn't supposed to happen. Like two fans just jumped across the thing and they just kind of like shifted. From my perspective, I couldn't really make out who it was, but then I looked at it. Is that fucking Enzo? 
And then everybody else started confirming that, yeah, that is Enzo. And once I saw the big tall dude, and I was like, oh, fucking Cass. Enzo and Cass, y'all wouldn't have got Enzo and Cass with a G1 supercar? What are you doing? <laughs> God damn it, RH. You had one job. One job. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. God damn it. I get it. You're trying to you're trying to like branch off and spotlight your company after like losing your AS rank talent. But maybe, maybe just maybe they knew something about y'all working with y'all that maybe we gotta realize that they made the right decision to ghost on y'all. Because this is decision y'all make you put them to on the biggest show of your Gear thus far? Really? You really did that. God damn it. I love old school ROH, but I'm not really with the shit they doing right now. I hope they get it together, but what the fuck, man? Something that was a palate cleanser for Anwar Starwin. Zack Sabre Jr., he faced off against Hiroshi Tanahashi. In the Rev Pro British Heavyweight title match. Zack Sabre Jr. counters the Dragon Suplex into a standing crucifix. Zack Sabre pulls Tanahashi to the ground and works for the armbar and transitions to orienting with Napalm Death. And Tanahashi has to give up. Zack Sabre Jr. retains his Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. Don, Don, I got to see Tanahashi in a singles match. In a singles match versus Zack Sabre Jr. And I got to hear Taka's introduction of talk of Zack. That was awesome. It would have been even better if they had a better lead-in. but Because it kind of really did something to the crowd. If you notice the crowd, you after all that shenanigans. So, yeah. This match was awesome. It was a great thing they designed like for Zack needs to need to win. Which ultimately leads leads into him, I guess, challenging Ibushi for like that for. Mm, well, we ain't gonna talk about that yet. But um, man, this match was awesome, man. I really enjoyed it. Tremendous chemistry between these two guys. Every time that they've matched up, it's been a four star to five star classic. This was no different. Zack Saber Jr. coming out victorious in the little mini feud, and I guess he's moving on from Tanahashi. Since he's gotten two wins to one here in the recent uh, times that they've matched up. So, like you said, just an all-in-all great match. And I'm so awesome that you got to experience it live and in color. Yep. Man, Zach Zach stretches be looking real painful, brother. The match that Anwar Starwin took a train, a plane, and an automobile to New York for. Naito versus Kota Ibushi. In the IWGP Intercontinental title match, Kota Abushi counters the Destino. He hits the head kick, and both men are down. Abushi hits a Boombaye, followed by another, and that gets a two count. The last ride, Powerbomb, follows for a two count. Then the Kamagoye connects, and we have a new IWGP Intercontinental champion, and his name is Kota Abushi. For me, as a person that's been watching the Bushi off and on for for like shit, almost a decade, <laughs> and saw like even just recently, if you've been watching, 
He's challenged for that title numerous times and failed. And for him to finally break through and get that title, it meant a whole lot. So, And he showed that it meant a lot when he won. These guys like to drop each other on their necks, and that shit scares the hell out of me. And as much as I love their matches versus each other, kind of be happy when they're not wrestling each other because I know that they're such good friends that I guess when you're good friends, you don't want to show that you're going to go easier on them just because you're friends. So I guess and sometimes like when Naito were really hurt, like like by drop like Lucio on his head, he would smile and shit. <laughs> it just make it even more funny. But yeah, man, kind of hated that that Naito lost three straight to like Ibushi, but at some point, Naito will get his wins back. And like it was just, I've been in arenas before where I felt the vibrations of the building. I felt the vibrations in that building multiple times at the end because it was people we were all just enthralled by that match. It was such a great match, and. I'm, it was worth that. That match alone was worth the trip, and I'm thankful I got to see Abushi and Naito in their prime. And I could always remember when they came to MSG and just killed it and had the best match at WrestleMania weekend, in my opinion. I was watching this match. I did not watch this live, so I watched it back on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And during the forearm exchange. Mm-hmm. There's literally people on the hard camera side in the first two rows looking at their phones, disinterested. And right then I'm like, mm, American wrestling fans, y'all don't deserve this. This is why we can't have good stuff. I think at that time also, Don, it was the shit that was going on with Brett and people were trying to figure out what the hell happened. Ah, okay. They were trying to figure out, trying to figure out what the hell happened with that. And also probably checking up on checking up on if that Enzo cash stuff was some fake stuff or is real. And also people just checking in on WWE Hall of Fame. So, you know. But you but you right, it probably are some fans that wasn't really here for that. Because remember, it was a hybrid of fan bases, so some people ain't gonna be into the shit that I'm into or you're into. Wasn't but, a good yeah. look. Wasn't a good look at all. Didn't look good, especially when these guys are in the middle, like you said, probably having the best match of WrestleMania weekend. And you got people looking at their phone on the hard camera side. Like, the match in the ring. Watch it. You're right in the building for a classic. A lot of people who can't be there would want to be there. And they look at that and it's like, you fucking ungrateful bastards. Exactly. I was one of those people. I, I, I feel you, though. I understand that. Jay Lethal, Marty Skrull, and Matt Taven, they faced off in a triple threat ROH title ladder match. Marty Skrull makes a ladder bridge as Jay Lethal brings in a third ladder. We get a chair shot from Matt Taven that takes out Jay Lethal, and then Matt Taven takes out Marty Skrull. Taven climbs the ladder. Jay Lethal joins him, and they trade strikes. Matt Taven knocks Jay Lethal off the ladder onto another ladder, and Matt Taven reaches up and grabs the ROH title, and he is the new ROH heavyweight champion. 
I did not give one fuck about this match, and I, I pretty much tuned out on it. And I like pretty much everybody in the match. I just already really turned me off that night, my dude. And I just and, and it was funny though to see how people were so goddamn mad that um, Marty didn't win. And I I do believe Marty should have won, but. You gotta also think that some of those fans are probably like elite fans that bought the G1 tickets to see the elite. So they didn't get to see the people that they bought the tickets for, and they got that the only representative from the group that they like didn't win. I can understand that being real freaking angry. But I mean, Matt Taven, I mean, I guess it's just it was time for him to get it. I don't know what I mean. What? He's been grinding in ROH for a while, man. So he's been there for a minute. So it's like I couldn't hate on that because like he's he's really good in his role, and I mean we'll see how it goes. And I mean Jay probably just needed a breather as champion too. So and now it's time, time for the main event of the evening, as we had the IWGP Heavyweight Champion Jay White. Defending against the winner of the New Japan Cup, Okada. Now, before we start this, you know how uh, New Japan, they always show you the champions, right? All mm-hmm. the champions, they do the video. Bro, I, know, I know where you're going. I know exactly. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell it. Y'all boo Jay White out the building on the damn montage. His picture. It wasn't even him yet. Them dudes ain't really Bullet Club for life because if you Bullet Club for life, you root for everybody. That's just how it goes. But you saw, you saw when they put the faces up on their screen, who they cheered for and who they kind of booed. Yeah. Like, they cheered fucking AJ big time when his face popped up on the screen. They cheered even louder when fucking Kenny popped up on the screen. And I think they booed Tanahashi because they, they still mad about the dumb. <laughs> So yeah, man. That that just to have that montage be done in in the same building as I, because I've seen that montage for years, years. I've seen that montage, and just to see all the champions. That's why that title means so much. It's one of the one of the most important titles. That's why not everybody should be IWGP champion. But that's just me. So we'll get into the match. Okada counters the Blade Runner into a German suplex. And after that, he counters and he then hits a drop kick. The Rainmaker is blocked. Jay White lays in some strikes, but Okada won't let go of his wrist and he hits the Rainmaker. Okada hits a second Rainmaker, followed by the spinning tombstone and another Rainmaker. And we have a new IWGP heavyweight champion as Okada has defeated Switchblade Jay White in MSG and his title reign resumes once again. It was like the match kind of took some time to build up to get to the point where they needed to go. But at the end, oh my God, those falls, those falls are ridiculous and I was eating all of it up. And then when finally Okada pulled it out, I was like, yes, finally it's over. Now I can go home and rest. But 
I really enjoyed the fact that Okada took the time to speak English and thank everybody before leaving. So yeah, that was awesome. It was a really, really good like cap to the night. And I was like, I have no complaints about New Japan side of the show. All of my complaints are on the ROE side of the show. Yeah, you gave me a big uh, viewer beware. Uh, I warned you. <laughs> when I uh, was uh, tweeting about I was getting ready to fire this up and watch it on Sunday morning. And so I was kind of, you know, a little leery about all the ROH matches. And yeah, for the most part, they definitely got outshined by the New Japan squad of matches that they put up against them. So my my question for you. If you're in New Japan and you just saw that performance that you put on, but your partner was not up to the level of what you were doing, would that be the breaking point where you know we have relationships with people out there? We don't even need to have go to those relationships right now if we still want to chill, take a break from them. We can find better partners than our race right now with what they're putting out. We have connections via 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 our guy Cyrus. Maybe we even go that route, even though we had beef with Impact Wrestling in the past for some of the stuff they did. But maybe we could work with them if we can't work with if we don't want to work with AEW right now, even though we all know they should be working with AEW, and it was highlighted even more after that ROH performance in front of all the lights at MSG. We all saw it. I mean, what what what, what do you do, Don? Do you swallow your pride and make peace, or what? I would maybe. Because, you know, I think everybody is still in a wait-and-see situation with AEW. I don't think Mm -hmm. anybody really wants to be the first ones to jump in before they actually see them run a show or two Mm -hmm. or three. That's true. So, in the meantime, if, you know, New Japan sits back and says, you know, ROH is, you know, falling off as a partner, their booking isn't as strong as we like, their performances aren't as strong as we like, then yeah, I would consider going the impact route because I mean, by, even though I don't get to watch it on a not even near consistent basis or uh, every once in a while basis, but from everybody's accounts, it's much better. They've got really good, um, you know, outside guys coming in with the connections that they've made through uh, AAA and and different um, companies that they're working with. So yeah, yeah, why why not give them a chance and see what they can bring? Um, it'll definitely. I mean, if you're Impact, you jump at that, you know, two seconds flat. But uh, if you're New Japan, it's definitely something you should consider. I think you just made a point why maybe they didn't because their partners are CMLL, and if you're working with Triple A, that would be an issue right there. So that's maybe why they can't go with Impact. Right. Got about that, but. Maybe try to talk to MLW. There's other people out there you can work with. That yeah. they ain't got they ain't got this nonsense going on right now. Yeah, MLW would be interesting. The only thing about MLW is that I don't know how many of those guys are exclusive to MLW, so it would be kind of hard to 
Mm, maybe yeah. get one of your big guys into a situation like that if he's already got a prior commitment, you know? Right about that. You're right. But we just want better, man. They bet, like, I'm definitely, man, WH Park, <laughs> you're right, bro. <laughs> we don't, American fans don't want to see ROH on that G1 show in Dallas. Please. No ROH. So, all in all, your grade as far as watching it live being in the building what would you rate the show out of a 10 i really enjoyed the show and i like the variety the variety of the card and whatnot man but that always shit was really bad dude and i can't grade on the curve so i'm gonna I'm be nice and give it seven out of ten because the always stuff was so awful if I'm just doing it, if I was graded on the curve, just focus on the on the in New Japan side, New Japan side would get, I'd give it a nine and a half, probably nine and a half, yeah. Because I got what I wanted from New Japan. It's just got dragged down by RH. Uh, have you went back and watched the whole event back yet? No, nah, not yet. I watched a couple of the matches today. I'm probably going to like I'm going back through that show and um takeover. What'd you think about the presentation and just how the building looked as far as it does on a uh, New Japan World? I like how they did the thing with the presentation of the championship belts on the on the graphics. So when you were looking during the match, you could see which like belts were on the line, even if it was like like a two title match or whatnot. Like on the never open and um ROH TV titles, like one side the belt vote for each belt, and then like for like the other title matches, it was like the same graphic. I I really enjoyed like their production wise or whatnot. Got no complaints about that. Um, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty cool, and I like the uh the other like opening match that they didn't air. I think it's probably going to air on um. On ROH TV, some point, um, young ladies from Stardom, Ode Tai, I think I still said it right, which are a freaking awesome, like, faction. And the crowd wasn't really, like, completely with them, but they got them to the point where they were into the match, and that was cool. But yeah, man, I had a great time with the stuff that I love, but the stuff that I didn't like was just like, man, that's why, I, like, I would just definitely say TakeOver was a better show. But yeah. If we were doing head-to-head with the New Japan stuff, then that gets closer, but still. I had a great time. I definitely would would be up for another like New Japan show during a WrestleMania weekend or something, or even if maybe I, if somehow I could pull off like, going to Texas for it, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, by all accounts, it was definitely a, a success as far as the ticket sales and the anticipation and the talk and the buzz around the event. So it definitely should lend to them trying to do something else next year in Houston or actually Tampa Bay. Excuse me. Tampa, uh, yeah. Yeah, Tampa around um, the and you know what? That'll actually be uh, maybe a little bit easier because for years uh, the Tampa uh, championship wrestling they were the ones responsible for bringing in the Japanese talent so like great Muda had his first um, match in America in Florida on their TV 
So I think WWE is trying to block like people from getting establishments or whatnot. So we got to keep an eye on that. Yeah, they're definitely. Um, but you know, if they have to go fifty miles outside of the city to do it, then you know they may have to. But uh, it's too much money to be made to not run a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this time, Anwar, any, you know, last uh, thoughts that you'd like to give on the WrestleMania weekend as a whole? And if not, just give the people your shout outs and thank yous. This was my first ever WrestleMania weekend. And it was one of the best, most fun experiences that I've had. Granted, I didn't hang out with nobody because I was just constantly on a room outside of one of my friends who lived in New York. Shout out to him. But it's like if you're a wrestling fan, I really kind of believe you need to go to wrestle like at least one of these WrestleMania weekends. Not even go to WrestleMania itself, but just to go and go to a bunch of different shows for variety and take in a takeover and just just like enjoy it because you're a fan. This is this is our weekend, so make the best of it. For shout outs, shout out to Mademoiselle. Shout out to Jupiter Jillip. Shout out to What Sleep Though. Shout out to Don. Shout out to Jade. And shout out to everybody else who gets in touch with me. Shout out to my man at Wolf Rattle. You probably ain't going to listen to this, but shout out to him anyway. I'd like to give a big shout out to our man who was up in New York this past weekend for WrestleMania weekend checking out TakeOver and the MSG Supercard. My co host, none other than Anwar Starwin. So awesome to get, you know, live in the building recaps from you. I've been, you know, so excited to, you know, read your tweets and everything all weekend. It's just been so fun following you and all your adventures up in New York. Give a big shout out to Moto because Moto sometimes gets shout outs. Give a shout out to the ladies on the Forever Young cast. Everybody who listens to Cast a Strong Style, who used the hashtag Cast a Strong Style while they watched and live tweeted we greatly appreciate you guys over the weekend please check out the patreon page like uh, anwar told you guys to check out some of his thoughts from the takeover um that we did not have a chance to record here because that's not what we talk about on this show but on the dark match we can talk about everything so head over to patreon.com forward slash cspn media check out the dark match also go to cspn.us Click on the tab that says keep our podcast free. Sign up for Blue Apron. Help keep the podcast free and get $30 off your very first order when you sign up for Blue Apron. Summertime's coming. People are trying to get fit. You can't get fit if you eat bad. And Blue Apron can make sure that you have good meals to eat. So please help keep the podcast free. Sign up for Blue Apron. Get in shape. Get $30 off that first order. So for my co-host, Mr. Anwar Starwin. I'm Don DeLorente, and this has been Cast of Strong Style. Cast of Strong Style.